Hello, hello, and welcome to episode 129 of All Booked Up, the Buffalo and Erie County Public Libraries podcast about books, movies, and all things pop culture. I'm your host, Michelle Snyder. And I am Jacob Miracle. Okay, so everyone's going to be listening to this on Monday, mm-hmm. and this this is a wild week. It's a pretty uneventful week <laughs> yeah, nothing, this week. Nothing Nothing's happening. going on. So the last I saw, more than 80 million Americans have voted so mm-hmm. far in 2020, which is a turnout so enormous that literally by the time that you are listening to this, I assume that, that this figure is already out of date. Yeah. As of this recording, for an example, Texas has already had as many people vote as voted in the last presidential election, and they haven't even gotten to election day yet. They've already had 9 million votes in Texas. It's he- really, it's it's great. Enthusiasm among both Democratic and Republican voters is incredibly high. And I mean, Donald Trump is the reason. His supporters are extremely motivated to reelect their guy, so they're hitting the polls. And then the other side is extremely motivated to elect him out, so they're hitting the polls. So I think for everyone, this is a really stressful week. I, I would say so. I, I say it's a pretty safe bet. That like, it's... it doesn't matter what side you're on because no one's completely sure what is going to happen and we're carrying that anxiety and it's this week and then probably the next week and then probably the next week until every vote is tallied up or they throw them out well we're not going to get into that they better (laughs) just count all the votes that's a whole other thing um but yeah i don't and i mean while this is happening you know we're like oh it's really stressful millions of people around the world still affected by coronavirus yeah we got a nice little second wave hitting everybody that's awesome it's even like a third wave i'm it's one continual wave, really. What the heck just happened there? The computer just flicker? Did I think I think it's upset also some, that... Somebody's listening to us here, there, see? I mean, so there's countrywide lockdowns. We still have self-isolation, social distancing, and now we've got this election. So there is just like varying degrees of listlessness and frustration and fear happening all over so it's a rough time yeah and you're a lot you are allowed to to feel that um and that's why we are here mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's why it's our number one job everybody. we're gonna bring you cinematic cinematic help so films we can all agree have always allowed audiences to escape their problems for at least an hour or two we're like thank you very much and no art form is better at transporting us to a more enchanting or maybe consoling reality than our own. Yeah, and we also, uh, when we say for everybody, these are picks that were actually for everybody, and there's not like Jacob picks on this list. (laughs) We're not going to see a Texas Chainsaw Massacre or The Thing pop onto this list. Although, if you do want to feel better, those are not bad options. Those help you? Uh, Yeah, so we've picked some of the best films in this regard, which are available either to watch at home or check out from the library. So please just let us bring you a brief respite during this very, very challenging time. Yeah, watch these movies as you're fretting over the news uh, over the next couple of weeks, everybody. I mean, comfort films are really important, and the exact qualifications for a comfort film can kind of be stretched. So it's not always rom-coms and family comedies, but comfort films can kind of encompass a wide-spanning genre buffet. You can have nostalgia watches or timeless comedies from every era, maybe musicals if you're Jacob, (laughs) um, beautifully animated classics, foreign films for a lot of people, maybe some slapstick comedy, 
concerts, uh, documentaries. And sometimes it comes down to just a good old-fashioned nothing movie. Like a movie you can just put on and like, hey, this is just going to be... 100%. When it comes to what has the ability to bring us solace in moments of doubt, I'd say that any genre is fair game. Yeah, I would say so. Mm. No, I'm going to say all of them. I was going to argue about like Lars von Trier movies, but there's probably somebody. Someone out there wants to watch that. There is somebody that is putting on Antichrist now with a big cup of tea, and they're like, ah, I'm just going to have a nice, easy night tonight. These movies are the worst. They're so (laughs) disturbing. They're so disturbing in every way. But like, Do do not go rent Antichrist, everybody. I'm just going to say that right now. Yeah, no, don't do that. And don't rent Necromancer. No, wait, what is it? Um, Melancholia? No, no, no. What the heck is the one that I can't think of the oh, name Nymphomaniac? of? Nymphomaniac. Either one of them, one That's or two. That's the one. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so I mean, I found a little bit of solace this week in the, the Borat 2. Did you watch it? I haven't watched it yet. <laughs> I did. It's as stupid as you want it to be. It definitely makes you laugh. He's really great in that role. Like, it's definitely like social awareness. Like, he brings everyone's faults kind of to, like, a real head that you see. But at the same time, I feel like he kind of finds the humanity in people. I did hear that it's a little bit sweeter of a movie than people anticipated. They were kind of expecting it to be, you know, Borat, like, fire-throwing Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's really not. Although there are scenes where people are talking about things that they believe that is really difficult to listen to because the things that they believe... I mean, I'm not saying everyone's entitled to their opinion. This is just banana stuff. It's so wild and, and stupid, and that is a bummer that people are watching YouTube and thinking that everything that's put on there must be true and real, and there's just like a real disservice we've done to humanity with that of not explaining better that yeah. like a 14-year-old can make that video and put it on there. It's not real. So for these, get a blanket and maybe a bucket of cookie dough ice cream that's optional oh, but highly go, recommended going with the cookie dough ice cream I like we all need a little comfort eating okay this week so okay we're gonna just quickly talk we're not gonna get into huge descriptions because yeah. most of these films you know so we're gonna give just a brief like put it on your list maybe you haven't thought about it maybe you haven't seen it let's find the joy um the first one singing in the rain Oh, man. Have you ever seen Singing in the Rain? I have, actually. It's what a, a joy. the classic of all classic musicals. Gene Kelly is going to dance all your cares away. He really <sighs> is. He's just sploshing down the street. He's giddy with love for uh, Debbie Reynolds. I mean, it makes my knees hurt just like watching this guy jumping and ba- bouncing around. I'm like, no, thank you. It really does. Oh, my God. I have to tell you a story at oh. the end of this about jumping. Anyway, so <laughs> okay. Singing in the Rain is a bold. It's primary colored kind of rush of unabashed enthusiasm. There's no room for misery when you're watching Singing in the Rain. No, no. You're just going to be smiling. There's no opportunity for your daily concerns to creep in. So for 103 minutes, you're going to have a lovely time, and that's not even your choice. It's just going to happen. You're not going to think about elections, pandemics, anything like that. So check out Singing in the Rain. Yeah, go ahead and, you know, see a movie that literally tells you what it's going to be about. Title everybody. <laughs> So my recommendation is actually going to go with uh, 1996's The Birdcage. You love that movie so I much. I was watching it again the other day, and there's just so many good levels to this movie. And the messaging of everybody's the same, families are different, plus super R-rated comedy, which yeah. I, I feel like I avoided this movie too much when I was a kid, and it is... I feel like it's one of those things I missed out on years of enjoyment <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> going back and watch this movie. 
I mean, Robin Williams in his prime. Nathan Lane actually had Oscar nomination talk around him wow, for, really? for this role. Uh, Hank Azaria is popping up. We got Gene Hackman, who I feel like Gene Hackman's like Sean Connery. I wish they were still making movies, but for whatever reason, they're just like, I'm out, man. I they're can't, like, I can't do it. But yeah, go check out The Birdcage. Go watch the French one, too. La Cage en Foire. Sorry, I don't speak that's, French. That sounded very authentic. Yeah, thank you. That's my, uh, wow. that's my American Am French I accent. In Paris? <laughs> um, yes, Birdcage is great. I'm going to say, since we're going French here. Oh. Amelie, which we've oh, also brought okay. up before, but if this movie doesn't lift your spirits, then I'm just going to say you're beyond hope. I would agree with that. That's just fact. I- it's, it's everything that you want in a feel-good movie. It's charmingly oddball Amelie, and she secretly helps people who are living unhappy lives, but she can't work up the courage to fix her own issues until love forces her to. You need more than that? No, I mean, no. That's all you need. It also, the movie itself just looks like a dream. That's like, true. The coloring is gorgeous, and Audrey Tato or Tatu is just weapons grade adorable. Oh. I was obsessed with her. I was like, can I have her hair? And then I was like, actually, I'd rather just have her face. It's, just give me all of the things. It's like if you took Zoe De Chanel and you took out all the pretentiousness, that is <laughs> what you just, get with uh, Arby Tato. Or... You, you get. <laughs> You hate everyone. I don't hate everyone. You have I, such <laughs> issues with so many people I'm, I'm that a, you don't know. I'm <laughs> under a lot of stress, man. There's a lot of, a lot of anxiety coming I out now. Anyway, <laughs> Emily could be the cure for the melees of 2020. I do so. have like no less than three of my high school classmates that name their kid uh, Amelie. Did they? Yeah. I mean, it was a big movie, so I'm not I'm not surprised by that. Okay. It's so funny to think so many people. That movie's so good. I haven't seen it in a really long time. I think I need to go back. I do, too, and I definitely own it on DVD back in the days when you bought DVDs that you loved, so I need to but, pop that in. Well, if you listen to Amazon, it might be the time to start buying DVDs and Blu-rays again, because apparently if you buy stuff on Amazon, you don't own it. That's a literal quote from Amazon the other day, so... Keep that in mind, everybody. Your library is very important for these reasons. Sure. Also, keep in mind, side note, speaking of Amazon, if you buy a Ring doorbell, they can access your footage inside and outside your home. And if police were like, hey, I want to view that footage for something, and you're like, no, thank you. You can't see my footage. Amazon just gives it to them. So Mm -hmm. it's a warrantless kind of surveillance. Again, just a side note, this Christmas... Don't buy Ring Doorbell. Yeah, maybe, maybe not so much. <laughs> maybe. We're supposed to be comforting people, Jacob, so name a movie. Okay. I'm going to go with Pitch Perfect because I that love- That seems like that fits. Yeah. I, I love me some Bellas, man. Uh, you can, I, you know, it's a movie about acapella singers, guys. It's, it is what you expect it to be, but it is so darn enjoyable. This is one of those movies that I started watching like 30 minutes in once, and then- Ended up watching the rest of the movie and then restarting it. So you're I so see it. interesting what you watch. I, I never could know if you're going to like something or not. I mean, I'm all about the girl power. If there's one thing people say about Jacob, it's that he's about girl power. Mm. But another thing is I'm a big time Anna Kendrick guy. I don't know what it is. She's just one of those. You ever get those actors or actresses that you just don't understand why you like watching them and stuff, but you do? Sure. Anna Kendrick, for some reason, is one of those. That's the one for you. Rebel okay. Wilson, not so much. Not a big Rebel Wilson guy. But She's fine. This, it doesn't matter because this movie is awesome. It's an ensemble piece. You get to get some good singing. I'm always about getting good music in movies. Yes. And it's just fun and relaxing all around. Everybody okay. go and check can, it out. Then you can play with cups. Um, oh, you can okay. play with cups. Don't... Here, here's a great one. Best in show. 
<laughs> oh my god. If you haven't seen Best in Show, this is a true treat. Um, this is following five eccentric contestants in a prestigious Philadelphia dog show, and it's a Christopher Guest mockumentary. Mm-hmm. For all my uh, Schitt's Creek fans out there. Exactly. We've got two main characters. Uh, playing husband and wife. Yes, Big as shocker. As they always should. As they always do. Although I mean. it's hard to top Moira as a character. She is fantastic in this. That's very true, uh, but... Just such a, such a the, good the whole cast is so talented, and they improvise nearly the entire film. Yes, is an imp- improvisation. 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 You got it. You're I working it out. I had the stress on the wrong syllable. <laughs> it's so early. What I like about Christopher Guest movies <laughs> is when you see his usual troupe. You know, the same people that always pop up in these movies, and then you see when they try to put in like new people who aren't really. It's hard for them. They really got to fight because they're like, "What is this cat?" The film is like, well, like not everybody bust out. Not everybody's John Hamm, where they can just jump into these kind of movies. True. And just play along. Some people are just like, they, somebody makes a joke, and then it's like, uh, 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 bad joke that comes back, and I'm like, yeah. oh no. Not everyone can improvise though. That's, that's true. A, that's a serious skill. The film is really quirky, occasionally a little surreal, but finding much of its comedy and the uncanny similarities between the dog owners and their dogs. <laughs> it's really bizarre, but it's really funny. Is that really a thing in there? Because I kind of might must have missed that a little bit. Yeah, that's definitely a thing. Oh, Jane Lynch is in this, remember? Oh, man, yeah, she <laughs> this is. This is a really great movie. All of Christopher Guest's mockumentaries have been wonderful. I also love A Mighty Wind. Mighty Wind is great. The music but in that gets It's really, really head. good, yeah, but Best in Show, I think, is, is my all-time favorite, so Heck, check well, that out. Well, we're at it. Go check out Mascots, everybody. It's a lesser, but it's still worth checking out. Oh, I don't even know that. Yeah, it's a Christopher Guest Netflix huh, uh, movie. Okay, so, I'll keep it in mind. Yeah, so the next one, I know this is Michelle's favorite movie, 2012's The Avengers. Remember when it came out? She was like, "I need to go see this movie." How is it a comfort times. movie? It is. How is like world blowing up and destruction and evil a comfort movie? Well, you did not understand your assignment. It's a comic book movie that you know everybody's gonna. Well, it was a 10 years ago comic book movie, so you're like everything's gonna work out in the end of this movie. Oh, brother! It's literally bringing together five blockbuster franchises into one and then making a movie that currently has a what is it 98 or 92 percent approval rating on rotten tomatoes between critics and audiences this is a downright beloved film like i know you are not a mcu fan michelle but even you must admit it is easily i saw the avengers and i felt nothing about it i didn't even think it was a very good movie oh Oh, right in the heart. You don't understand. Like, you like these comic book people. If you don't, I'm sorry. Like, it's kind of stupid. Well, it's a stupid premise, and it's a bunch of people in, like, tights and costumes just exploding things. It's not true. that interesting if you don't care about it. Like, there's, I don't feel like there was much of a plot. See? See? Now we got, because you need to watch another 20 movies before exactly. you watch it. Exactly. All right, t- all right. Talk to me about plot. We've got we've got Avengers on wow. the list. This, this must be what, like, Michelle feels like when I'm talking, like, 90 percent of the time on this show she's like what is this person talking about but i just i just am tired of the avengers i'm about to ban them from i'm about to ban all comic book movies from the show well, i'm getting real s- close since uh since avengers endgame was the series finale for movies apparently that we don't really need to worry about that in the future going forward thank goodness um, except until the new batman comes out with robert pattinson oh in three, obviously three years like that's yeah. that's what it's that's what it's dead enough to be I know. Well, it's really sad. COVID. I mean, it's already like ruining all of my favorite shows on Netflix. They're getting canceled now. Yeah. 
Yeah, um, Mindhunters uh, with David Fincher. He's gone because he literally said nobody's watching the show. How is no one watching Mindhunter? You all failed us. It is such a great show. Talk about a... uh Talk about a relaxing show, huh? <laughs> yeah, that is the opposite. Actually, you guys, if you're not watching Mindhunter, don't start right now. Yeah. <laughs> That's not a good... Let's go back to our list of comforting movies that are yeah. going to make you just sit there and not, smile. Not movies that are going to give you a drinking problem if you're like, oh, Tench, I feel so bad for this guy. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Anyways, go check out Avengers, everybody. It's a rollicking good time, and we don't have to deal with Atlanta serial killers <laughs> in that Great. particular one. Um, okay, so I want to recommend Little Miss Sunshine. I think that's a really good one, even though we have a really oh. unhappy family. Yeah, I know. I'm like, I get in trouble for Avengers, and this is a movie about, didn't the main character want to kill himself in that well, movie? Well, they go on a road trip so that the youngest member, awkward little Olive, who's so cute, can enter a beauty contest, and life lessons are learned, hmm. which I think are important. There, a lot of bonds are formed, um, and like some truths are aired. And, you know, people's issues, but all in all, it's a really lovely film about how bizarre and difficult families can be and that no one knows you better than the people that are forced to live with you. And I think that all in all, you feel good watching that movie. And it's okay if someone is sad or struggling because you watch them get to struggle alongside their family and kind of resolve things. So I think Little Miss Sunshine. Yeah, I was, I was ragging. Little Miss Lovely Movie. I, I was ragging on it a little bit, but that is a pretty adorable movie altogether. Yeah. Alan Alda's got an Oscar win for that, and Steve Carell showed everybody he's a real actor. Yeah. So. Oh, no, it's a good film. And I'll, another one I'll mention, because I know that you love it as well, and it's so perfect for this list, is Hunt for the Wilder People. Oh, my God. Anything with Taika with the exception of Jojo Rabbit, is a good, relaxing family. Yeah, that might not be. Yeah, Hunt for the Wild People, Taika Watiti. Did I say it right? You Finally. nailed it. Finally. This is such a good comedy. It's about a troubled foster kid. He's on the run in the New Zealand bush with his cranky foster uncle. And it's just so filled with, like, offbeat humor and heart. And also because, like, Sam Neill and the kid, I think Julian Dennison, mm-hmm. They're so good together. They have like this unmatched comedic chemistry that you really aren't expecting from like these two people together. No, it doesn't seem like a pairing that would work and it's just, it's so good. I feel like it's similar to Little Miss Sunshine in that kind of happy, sad cinema. Mm-hmm. Like, but you feel you feel good at the end, and Watiti is just—he's so adept at balancing jokes with genuine human sorrow. He's one of my favorite directors in Hollywood, right? Absolutely, now. and it, he just kind of proves that sappiness and sappiness. I mean, there is some sappiness <laughs> in this movie. I wanted to say sadness and happiness, but I guess that that works. <laughs> but that they can and should coexist. Another good lesson to bring with you in a week where you might be stressed that it is okay to have, you know, conflicting feelings and that there's room for all of them to coexist. Right. This will be the kind of flick for that. I mean, you know, we got got an Oscar nomination for Sam Neill out of this movie. That's impressive. You could pull that job out, man. I I gotta go watch it. It's it's back on. I know. I haven't seen it in a while. All right. All right. My next one, I'm going to actually go with a franchise uh, because if I talk about the individual movies, it's going to get a little dark with them. I'm going to go with the Karate Kid franchise okay. as a whole. Mm, I would say two good movies and a pretty good TV show going along here. So everybody knows what the Karate Kid franchise is. It's about a kid who does karate. That's right. <laughs> very self-explanatory in that <laughs> title. Um, you know, but he's learning you know, values and all that kind of stuff from his mentor. Um, I went back and tried to watch that first movie and... You know, you could skip to the last 30 minutes. That's pretty much fine. That's all you I really like need to see. I the first movie, don't I? When, when's the last time you saw it? 
a really long yeah. time. So I kind of tells you something. Okay, go, I'm go not remembering it. it correctly. You're just kind of like, can we just fast forward to the fight scene? Ralph Macchio was the real babe, though, when I saw that. I was, was very young. He still looks the same, so if you want to. I don't know that it would work for adult Michelle as well. Um, I was also really attracted as a child to the fox from the Robin Hood cartoon. Well, so I, I can't mean, say that all of my crushes have maintained through the years. That's, I think everybody feels the same way about that. I got a video to show you after the oh, after okay. we record. You're going to love it. Um, but like surprisingly, even though the movies themselves are hit or miss, you know, as a whole, now that we're like doing Cobra Kai, which his Netflix is top stream show of all time, go figure. Every day, every time they what? put something out of all time, yeah, like people love. Like you're that telling show. me more people watch Cobra Kai than Stranger Things? Pretty much, right up there, yeah. In like the short amount of time, because that doesn't it's, it's seem possible. Crazy to think, but surprisingly deep mythology in the Karate Kid movies. What? Like as you are watching Cobra Kai, like you're just like, wow. That was really something that they brought up in the second movie that literally is affecting him 20 years later. Do you like the Hillary Swank one the best? Uh, no, I do not. <laughs> I, I'm a fan of two. I'm a fan of two, actually, uh, the highest grossing of the Karate Kids. I actually am one of those people that think Hillary Swank's about to be start showing up on Cobra Kai now that it's on Netflix. And now that her Netflix show just got canceled, too. Yep, she's like, Which well, I heard people really loved. I'm still going to watch it, even though it leaves you at a cliffhanger, and they're like, bye. Yeah, I saw that show, and I was just like, well, that's canceled. I didn't even need to watch it. I'm like, that's No, I've heard from people that. really like it. Well, not enough. I don't I'm, I am always confused by the choices made. Also, I think it was it the third Karate Kid that brought me the best... Um, uh, Peter Cetera song. Ever. Oh no, Gloria Love. No, that's the second movie. Oh my <sighs> God, that's on my running iPod, dude. I still listen to that song. It's the best song ever. I actually had a thing when I was young that I I w- was so like freaked out by marriage mm-hmm. that I would make the wrong choice. That I told myself I would only marry skip, a person. S- skip ahead thirty seconds, Andrew. Who somehow played that song for me or like sang it to me, but they didn't know that it was the song that I had chosen. They just did it. But then I would know like, that's my sign. That's my person. Oh. No one ever did it though. Well, so there's, there, <laughs> there's, still, there's still time. That's not the end yet. My best friend Amanda knew, and I feel like she was always trying to hint at Andrew, like, can you sing the song? He's like, no, I sure can't. Boy, so. I would really, wouldn't you guys like to level revel in the glory of love, <laughs> Andrew? Perhaps something to do with Chicago. <laughs> You could anyway, look into. That song is great forever. Oh, yes. Yeah, song great. Show good. Show okay. awesome. Movies, you know. Show good. Right? Great. Yeah, they're fine. They're fine. Go check them out, everybody. It's going to make you feel better, especially once the ends and the victories start flying. All right. I'm coming to another happy, sad movie here. Okay. But all in all, a good one. Cuddle up and watch up. Oh. So, okay. Okay. It's, what are you talking about? It starts... With emotional devastation. <laughs> oh, yeah. Let's just relax with watching your soul get ripped out of your body in, in, in the first In just a few minutes, minutes we fo- follow Carl and Ellie from childhood through marriages, their struggles to conceive, and then her death. This mm-hmm. is in like five minutes. I know. I feel better. But once it's just wrung you out, however, the rest of this just masterwork lifts you up with a story of a lonely child and a broken-hearted old man becoming friends and going on an adventure, and then there is real beauty and comfort in that. Was this you just gotta you just gotta really and also in the beginning might really help to just 
let it out. All of this stuff that you've been holding in, this movie is going to turn on the taps and just drain your tears right out of your body. This kid you mentioned, would that be the latchkey kid whose parents kind of abandoned him and let him go wander the I city? I said right that now? it was sad, but that there was real <laughs> love and joy found at the end, Jacob. Okay, okay. Come on, you know, Jacob, you know, you know Up is great. I know Up is great. I know Up is depressing with all get out. <laughs> when I'm, I will never watch it again in my life. Even if my kids are like, hey, let's watch Up. I'd be like, no. <laughs> like, the whole room will just go dark like it's Gandalf telling him, give me the ring. Good stuff. Good oh, stuff. Up, <laughs> my God. Okay, well, let's see what you have that's better. I'm going to go with 1987's The Princess Bride. Damn Thank it. you very it's much. Better. Yeah, dang right, it's better. So <laughs> this is the Rob Reiner, uh, you know, R.I.P. classic One movie. of the most quotable movies of all time. I very easily would say that. Yeah. I mean, the book by William Golding, Pretty good. Have you read it? I don't know I if you have. I have not, no. You know, it's pretty good. It's got the same framing device, but that's the movie itself. It is literally putting a storybook uh, into a movie. Like, a lot of people try to do that, but this one just nails it from the tone, the way they... The framing device, I think, is brilliant, the way they do it. Just the, um, the uh, grandpa telling his kid the story, it just lets you get away with whatever you want to do while you're telling the uh, actual movie itself. Like, any kind of goofy fantasy thing you're going, like, well... It's a grandpa telling his kid the story. All these flourishes make sense. The acting's fabulous. It's the, true. It's a perfect film. I mean, the, the sword fighting. All the sword fighting in that movie is fa- You can just watch those scenes and be perfectly... I love young Mandy Patinkin almost as much as I love old Mandy Patinkin. You are a Patinkin head. We, I that am. That is very much true. It's a real thing. Um, but yeah, guys, go check this movie out. If you're Obviously, somebody, you've probably seen it, but just watch it again. Yeah, I mean, that's the whole point of these movies. A lot, you, yeah. a lot of them you have seen before. Maybe you haven't seen them in a while, and you're like, I used to really like that movie. Nostalgia the, is, a, is a great thing. Yeah, this one holds up, everyone. <laughs> so this next one is going to sound crazy. Like, really this? But Paddington 2. Paddington 2? I like how you went with the second one. Yes. That, you're like, I need a bear with some because raincoats. Because that movie exudes positivity. It's just just sheer delight throughout even the villain sorry which is played by Hugh Grant he's gloriously entertaining well, he's Hugh, really good in that role and he doesn't always get roles like that no when you let Hugh Grant chew some scenery you got the right actor for that he, yes he's got he the chompers for it that's we've for got sure. that kind of pastel perfect imagery like it has almost a Wes Anderson sort of Budapest hotel vibe to it could you imagine a Wes Anderson Paddington movie I would even put, <laughs> I would even put money in for that Adrian Brody's coming in like, we need to kill the bear. That's true. (laughs) I mean, as Paddington says, if we're kind and polite, the world will be right. I mean, people love love that bear. Everybody loves that bear. This is a prescription film. I have have never even read or watched any Paddington stuff except for the movies. And like, I I dig this bear. I'm like, this guy's a good guy right here. He's cute. They did a good job. Like, that's how you're supposed to... That is how it's supposed to be. Mm-hmm. Not like that creepy Smurf stuff that they did. No, not and that like creepy a, Elvin and the Chipmunks. And all that is terrible. The but Yogi like, Bear movie that they did. Exactly. But Paddington is done right. It's loyal to the to the books and everything. So check it out if you don't know. It's very, very yeah. sweet. There's a, there's a reason this source material has been around for 50 years, everybody. People like it. So just do the source material and you'll yeah. be fine. Seeing that, I have to throw one in. 
that is one of my all-time favorites. I can watch it all the time and feel better. The jokes do not get old for me, but Office Space. Oh, fabulous movie. Ah, oh, just like you can see why it became a cult hit, but it's, you can also <laughs> see why it didn't make any money in theaters. Truly, it also had really bad advertising. Like, yeah. there was a lot of missteps with it, but it's satire of a software company like office workers in the 1990s and a really like sympathetic look at the just mundane trappings of white collar office jobs and the people who make them up and the guy's job is to replace ones and zeros all day that sounds awful yeah it's crazy it's so crazy it's comforting and affirming though um and I don't know. It's it's also like this sounds bad, but it's really comforting to know that there's others out there who are suffering in crappy jobs. Mm, true. It's kind of like a unifying catharsis. <laughs> like we're all miserable together. I I will never like for not forget. I will always be thankful to this movie because it's the one that gave us Stephen Root, and now basically you can't yeah. even like you can't even turn on an HBO show without yeah. Stephen Root popping up in something. Because I think he was without a doubt the breakout star of this movie. Uh, if Milton was just everything when it you came to me deeply. It was at the building of St- Still makes you laugh when it you go does. back and watch like it now. It's still good. Such the a TPS stupid character. Reports. Oh, anyway, definitely check out Office Space if you haven't. Do you want to throw one more in, and I'll throw one more in, and then we'll get the heck out of here. All right, I'm gonna go uh, with Clueless, the classic. Uh, Alicia Silverstone high school it drama. It works. Why is that movie so good? Because it is. Yeah. And it shouldn't be. I didn't. It was one of those movies. I saw it as a kid. Did You know, stop watching it. Watch it as an adult. Better as an adult because now I get some of the jokes that totally went over my head when I was a kid. Yeah. A lot of drug references in that movie I did not necessarily <laughs> pick up on at the time. Um, but it's so good. Brittany Murphy's in there, um, you know, being good. Paul Rudd. Oh, what else is there wonderful. to say? Guy looks exactly the same. It actually makes me a little bit mad. 25 years ago, this dude looks exactly the same as he does now. He's beauty. So I just, saw him in like Brooklyn or something handing out cookies to people that were waiting in line to vote. Because that's what heroes do, Michelle. <laughs> it's, it's totally true. Um, but yeah, it's such a good movie. It's very, it's so, so much going on in that movie. I think one of the things that's underrated, why it's such a good flick, is that there's so many plot lines that last for like, you can make it a TV series. It's a 10 minute, 15 minute. They tried to make a TV series, didn't really work. Mm. But you get like 10, 15 minute little storylines and they all play to the overall point of the movie. So it's like you never get bored with one story because it's always right on to the next one. Yeah, it's sweet. It's like dated, but like not somehow. No, like everything not. they say is dated, but that just makes it really funny. It's, it's a fun movie. It's a time capsule movie. Like it, yeah. you could definitely, if you never lived in the mid 90s, it was a pretty good idea of what was going on then, guys. It wasn't as bad as the aughts, but it wasn't great. Yeah. Okay, so the last one to to bring us out here is don't forget to watch the documentary Won't You Be My Neighbor about the beautiful and wonderful Fred Rogers. It is impossible to watch without crying at least one time, but I think it's a good one to end on because it serves as a reminder of the goodness that exists in the world. So that's a really good thing if you're feeling a little lost. I think this is a good thing to pop on and, you know, Kind of find the light in that. 
Uh, you want to know a fun? I got a fun fact for you for once. All right. You want to know who was a director and a cameraman on the Mister Roger Show? Who? George Romero, zombie. Oh, really? <laughs> King of Pittsburgh, and that's kind of where he got his start. He met a bunch of the people he used on Night of the Living Dead yeah, while really? working on Mister Rogers. He didn't. He didn't really follow in Fred's footsteps. <laughs> you, he you, went in a different direction. You can find some <laughs> of the stuff that he uh, he filmed for Mister Rogers on on YouTube, and it is pretty chilling when you know that George Romero is the guy that filmed it. You're like, oh man, there's yeah. someone gonna bust in this door and take out Mr. R, man. What's going on? Yeah, but the movie itself, right. guys, it is a really sweet movie. It really is relaxing. Go yeah. check it out. It's an ideology that we need now more than ever. So I think it's great for everyone to check out. But yeah. we're out of time. I'll have to tell you my cool jumping story later. So why don't you plug us up? So everything that you heard about in All Booked Up is going to be available at one of our libraries. We have 37 branches all throughout Erie County. Just stop on by and see us and let you know what you want. We also have a website, of course. It's www.buffalolib.org. Go on there to check out your own record if you want to look up stuff. And I'm getting distracted because Michelle is busting a move over here. Doing some dance moves. Guys. Feeling good. We're having fun, everybody. <laughs> and also don't forget to follow us at All Booked Up Pod on Twitter so you can give us some of your ideas about what you'll be watching so you don't pull all your hair out on Tuesday night. Correct. So a couple facts about elections. Did you know that India is so huge that its elections can take weeks? As they all should, really. I mean, that's a thing to keep in mind. So because they're home to more than 800 million eligible voters, it makes it the world's largest democracy. And in order to accommodate an electorate of that size, the government holds election over the course of weeks or even months. So the last major general election in 2014, in which Indians voted for the 543 members of parliament, it took place on nine separate days over five weeks. So oh, wow. if you don't get our results on November 3rd, just slow your roll. That's okay. It's going to take a couple weeks to count all the ballots. That's totally normal. Yeah. It's not a weird thing. It's going on all over the world. As as with most things, you could look at it as if you think things are bad, you could be in India, and it will probably be exponentially billion people worse. Possibly. It would take a little longer. Did you know that kids as young as 16 can vote in Brazil? That makes a lot of sense. Since 1988, Brazilian citizens have had the right to vote at age 16. Voting is required for almost everyone between the ages of 18 and 69. And anyone who doesn't vote is subject to a fine. So they take that very seriously. 16 and 17 year olds are also eligible to vote in Austria, in Nicaragua, in Argentina. 17 year olds can vote in Indonesia, in Sudan. There's states in Germany that allow 16 year olds to vote. Um, but they've found that when you study elections in which 16 and 17 year olds can participate, it shows that giving young people the ability to vote may translate into a more engaged citizenry as those voters grow older. Right, which makes perfect sense. You give people some kind of agency early on, they're actually going to take Absolutely. care of it. Absolutely, and teens who participate in those elections are often well-informed about the candidates and um, the issues and things like that, so they're following along. So that's 
something to consider here. Yeah, you hear that, 18 to 24-year-olds? How about you uh, step away from uh, Fortnite for a second and go Don't diss them. Weekend? They're voting in really high numbers right now, Jacob. Oh, yeah, well, it only took them this long to do it. Oh, brother, they just turned, some of them are just turning 18. Don't listen to him. I'm looking at you 24-year-olds. But we, we're looking because voter turnout in the U.S. is extremely low compared to other developed countries. So in a 2016 report about voter turnout in developed countries, just 53.6% of Americans performed their civic duty during, this was the 2012 election, which places us 31st out of 35 I mean, Nations. come on, guys. People were people got killed, hosed for this. Like there are women who had who did multiple marches. There's this whole civil rights movement. People fighting for this right, and you just can't be bothered because exactly. it's you cold outside. Come on. Exactly. You civic duty, and it feels really, really good. So please, everyone, if you haven't voted yet, please go out on election day, make your voice heard, vote, and we will catch you next time. Bye.